Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the astrology show. Tempted to say welcome back. <laughs> um, but some of you might be with us for the first time. So welcome all. I'm Kira. I'm your host, um, also known as the astrology. And I am beyond stoked to be with you here today um, to introduce season three of the astrology show. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for this season. Um, a couple new changes, I guess, um, to announce. And also this is a special day, the episode, this, um, the day this episode, <laughs> um, releases February 7th is the day that astrology.com is relaunching. I just did a rebrand. Um, also, even more importantly, the doors to the 11th house are now open. Um, so I'm going to talk a little bit about that, and then we're going to get into our episode. Um, so yeah, welcome back. I kind of disappeared like a little bit. <laughs> at least from podcasting. Um, and life just got so busy last spring. And I just like had this moment where I was like, oh, wait, we don't have any more podcasts scheduled. <laughs> and, um, you know, I just didn't have, I didn't have it in me to keep it going at the time. Always had, um, always knew we were going to come back, of course. I love this too much to give it up. <laughs> and, you know, now that the North Node is in my third house um, in Taurus and, you know, we're about to kick off some some more eclipses in Taurus and my third and my ninth, I'm like, it's it's time to get back to it. You know, um, I've been buzzing to get back on the on the airwaves. Is that how you would say it? Um, so anyway. Things have changed. I'm 30 now. <laughs> I'm no longer in, you know, the sixth house grime time um, year. So, um, and Jupiter is on my ascendant right now. So I'm feeling a lot better overall than I did this time last year. And we've just been podcasting away, recording a lot. Um, and yeah. Also preparing for this big launch today. So one podcast announcement before I start to talk about the 11th house, um, one really exciting thing about this season is, drum roll please, I we are going to be releasing two episodes per week. Yes, you heard it correctly. Mondays and now Thursdays are going to be your astrology show days. Um, Monday episodes are going to be a little bit more chill. I'm, I'm like, you know, following the planetary days. So our moon day episodes, moon day Venus nights um, will be more um, interview like. I have a new types of ep episodes coming. So I'm not even going to spoil that for you. You'll see next Monday what that's all about. Um, and then Thursdays are going to be our more educational type episodes, um, education for Thursdays, which is Jupiter's Day 
And um, yeah, we, we have an a amazing lineup um, of shows for you this season. I'm really stoked. I'm really stoked for all the, the Astro students out there um, to soak up so much good wisdom coming your way over the next couple weeks. So, um, yeah, I have other, there's other podcast announcements, but I kind of want to like wait, maybe, um, <laughs> not get too ahead of myself. Um, yeah, we'll wait. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll, you know, sprinkle a little other, another, um, sneak peek thing or something in a second, but I want to take a second to talk about the 11th house doors opening. Um, they're open today. They're not going to be open for too long. Um, and the 11th house. Yeah. I don't know. You might know about it. You might not. If you do not, the 11th house is a virtual community space, um, for astro nerds, for students and enthusiasts of astrology. Those of us who love the show, those of us who can't get enough astro content, those of us who crave community um, and like-minded folks to speak this language with, to to um, speak the language of the stars. So um, yeah, I created this space um, in December of 2020 at the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction in Aquarius, and we've been going ever since. It's such a it's such a beautiful community and um, people are making friends, which is amazing. People have been making friends and just forming really special connections. Um, I actually hired <laughs> two people from the 11th house who became friends in the 11th house um, as part of my team now. So yeah, there's just, we've been building a really special um, community space there. And you can be a part of it. The doors are open. We haven't opened doors since September of 2021. So um, this is a special time. And I'm really stoked for this new cohort of members. Um, so what do you, so what's the 11th house? So like I said, it's a community space. Um, and kind of the main, the main, the crux of it is our, um, our monthly meetups. And so we do, we meet up on the new moons and the full moons every month. Um, and by meetup, I mean, we ho all hop onto Zoom together. I talk for a little bit um, about the astrology of the lunation or just the moment, um, super casual. And then I answer questions. Um, if you guys have any questions, it doesn't have to pertain to the moon or anything like that. You can ask any astro question <laughs> that you desire. Um, and I'll try to answer it. And then I put you into breakout rooms, small groups with other members, and you get to talk about the current astro or talk about whatever, whatever it is you want to talk about, um, and have space held for you with other people who can speak this language. And, um, yeah, I just get such great feedback about, these meetups, they're so enriching and fun and so many beautiful connections are made. So that's twice a month. On top of that, we have monthly reading trades. So for Saturday of every month, you can come join um, our reading trades and get paired up with someone and trade readings, which is an amazing way to practice your skills and to meet other people. 
um, and to get a reading, right? <laughs> um, and also get testimonials. That's another really cool thing about doing reading trades. You can build up your reviews and testimonials as well. So that's really special. And then we also, there's a lot you get in your, <laughs> you, you get a lot in the 11th house. Um, you also get access or you get to join our monthly guest workshop. So as you know, by listening to this podcast, or maybe you don't know, um, I'm connected with a lot of really cool people in this field, a lot of really amazing astrologers and healers and spiritualists and um, and business coaches and just like people that are in astrology, adjacent to astrology and have really awesome insight and wisdom to share. So we've been doing these monthly workshops where I invite someone to come um, you know, present a workshop to the community. This year, we're opening that up to the public. So even if you're not part of the 11th house, you can still buy a ticket and attend one of our workshops. But if you're a part of the 11th house, you get access for free and you get also access to the, to the replays and our whole archive of guest workshops. Um, so that's once a month as well, an amazing opportunity um, to come and learn from someone awesome. This month, we have Captolia Eaton, who is one of my business coaches, presenting a workshop on SEO for astrologers. So this is really special. <laughs> Captolia is amazing. Um, and yeah, she's, she's presenting a whole workshop on SEO, which a lot of people don't know about search engine optimization. This is going to be extremely valuable, <laughs> um, even if you're not an astrologer, even if you're astro-adjacent. No, learning SEO, if you have any sort of website, is, um, is, is just really good information to know. Um, I wouldn't say it's a crucial, I don't want to use that type of language, but it's a big deal. It's a big deal, especially in today's, you know, today's day and age um, or this day and age. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we have our guest workshops. Um, next month in March, we have Gabby. Um, of Stargaze Fox, um, who's doing a workshop about um, the research she's she's been doing on immigration. And so the astrology of immigration, like, you know, looking at signatures in your chart um, for that, which is going to be really amazing. I'm super excited about that one. And we have just a lot more awesome stuff to come. Um, so we have our guest workshops. We have our Discord channel. Um, we have our whole Discord server, I should say, that's super poppin'. We have a bunch of different channels in it. Um, lots of connections happening there every day. Really, I love it there. It's like a really nice alternative space from like, you know, Astro social media, Astro Twitter. Um, I've been off of Astro Twitter for the most part since September of 2021. Um, and the Discord's been a really nice place to like kind of get my astro fix and talk to people again, speak the language together. Um, and then you also get a webinar library of a bunch of my webinars. And a lot of them are actually exclusive to the 11th house. So I don't have them on my shop. Um, I would say more, yeah, more than half of them. So yeah, you get some cool webinars as well. You also get my signature chart reading framework, astrology that hits different from the workshop astrology that hits like intensive that I did. 
um, which is also going to be on my site available for purchase now. But um, this is a training that I did just for the 11th house. So that's available. Um, (laughs) I'm like running out of breath. I always do this because the 11th house has so, there's so much to it. You get so much. Um, And then I'm starting this new thing, but I don't know if I want to reveal it yet. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait and reveal it maybe next, maybe in the next episode. Um, (laughs) So something else cool to come. And if you join the 11th house, um, you can join either paying monthly or annually. If you join annually, you actually get a month off. So you're you're getting a month free and you get uh, this PDF bundle of traditional astrology, like charts and tables that we made that are just like beautiful. Like they're just these beautifully designed <laughs> PDFs um, of different charts and tables that you can print out or, you know, save on your phone, what have you. Um, to reference. So you get that for free. It's also going to be available on our site. Um, And you also get a bonus lecture too. So, and yeah, that's a lecture that's not going to be available anywhere else. Um, So yeah, doors are open. Come join the best astro community (laughs) on the interwebs in the multiverse. Um, And then also just check out my website because I just got it completely redone and it's fucking beautiful. Um, I'm really, really stoked about it. It's it's really exciting to see it all come together. Um, So yeah, check that out. Oh, follow the 11th house on social media. We have an Instagram now. It is the underscore 11th underscore house underscore um, you can also find that just on my Instagram bio as well. And follow the show on Instagram too, at The Astrology Show. Um, that's where we're going to be like posting updates and recaps and, and all that stuff um, on our Instagram pages. So make sure you're following us there. Super helpful. And yeah, I think that's like my top level announcements for now. I've been talking already for quite some time. So if you're still with me, I love you. Um, <laughs> and with all that being said, I'm going to I'm gonna let you guys listen to this episode. So um, I guess a little bit of like a content warning is, which is just, we're talking about mundane astrology. And we kind of go into this at the top of the episode. But um, if you're someone that tends to like, you know, get a little anxious around um, mundane astrology, meaning the astrology of like world events when we're talking more um, macro about, you know, the astrology that kind of affects all of us on on a global level, global scale. Usually when we're talking about these type of events, it's not like, it's not like like the fun, nice stuff (laughs) usually, you know, like it's usually stuff that can kind of be a little, um, challenging and, you know, frankly scary in some, some instances. Um, we're not, I mean, we're not like for like, we're not trying to like predict the world ending or anything like that's not what we're talking about. Um, but just to say, you know, if, if you're in like an anxious space right now, you might want to skip this episode for another time. Um, 
again, it's nothing too crazy. It's just, you know, we're just, I just want to put that out there for some folks. Um, Our episode that comes out on Thursday, episode two of this season, is the beginning of our series on the signs. And um, we're starting out with earth signs. So if today is like not the day to listen to the astrology show, that's totally okay. Um, we have something extremely nourishing for you in just a couple of days. Um, and I'm really excited to share that episode as well. But regardless, this is still a really good episode. We talk about mundane astrology and we talk about some of the major astro- astro tr- transits of 2022. Um, and so it's not necessarily in like chronological order or anything. We just, we just talk about some of the major configurations and yeah, definitely worth a listen. I've been dying to get Janelle and Mecca on the show. Um, so I'm so stoked to have them. They are super talented, so smart. Um, make sure to listen to their podcast stars on fire. Um, if you're into this because they do a phenomenal job. Um, and yeah, I'll leave it, I'll leave it there. Thank you guys for (laughs) tuning in. I'm super excited to share this episode with you and the whole season. It's going to be great. It's nice to see your faces again. (laughs) (laughs) It's good to see you too. Yeah, Yeah, it's good to see you. So I want to, yeah, let's introduce you guys because this is your first time on the show. Um, Janelle, do you want to start by just letting us know if you want to share your SMR, you can tell us, um, yeah, your practice. I was just telling ladies that I didn't know what SMR was. And I was just like, what? Oh, yeah. Yeah, SMR. I, I should explain that more often. I just kind of like in my head, like everyone uses it now. So. Everyone, knows, everyone knows what SMR is. Um, so my sun, moon, my sun, moon, and rising. I am a Sag sun, a Pisces moon, and a Sag rising. Um, I do a mix of traditional and modern astrology, I guess. And I, I kind of do a little bit of everything in a way. I'm always dabbling. I am a super Sag. I'm very mutable. So I'm always like, oh, what about this? And what about that? Um, and when I'm not doing that, I'm also doing acupuncture and clairvoyant work. So again, kind of all over diversifying and, and trying new things. So I try to do a little bit of everything. That's kind of my practice. Awesome. And you said you're, you're you're trying to get into writing more, yeah, like astro writing or like I'm not sure, maybe possibly. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if I want to go back to traditional horoscopes, but something to do with astrology, I think, would be nice. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't blame you for not wanting to go <laughs> to go back there. <laughs> it's a burner, so yeah, it is. It mm-hmm. is. And I have to ask. Um, I'm sure I've, I know I've asked you this before, but I forget. Where's your Jupiter? My Jupiter's in Aquarius, so I just okay. finished up a Jupiter return. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. So, I mean, you're so Jupiterian, so I had to ask. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Mecca, welcome. Do you want to share your SMR and a little about your practice? Sure. So I am a Sagittarius sun, uh, an Aquarius moon, <clears throat> excuse me, and a Leo rising. Uh, Sag sun, Aquarius moon, Leo rising. 
Um, in terms of my practice, I, I dabble as well. Um, I definitely, I, it's funny because I started astrology with like evolutionary astrology and kind of branched out from there. A lot of uh, what I practice is like relationship stuff. You know, there's a little medical stuff in there. Um, you know, mundane astrology sprinkled in a lot of different things. Natal chart astrology, um, most definitely. But I think the thing that people kind of know me for the most is my horoscope writing. So I'm a published author. Uh, I have a nationally syndicated uh, horoscope column. Um, I also write for Bustle. So people, you know, if they know me, they they probably came across my art, my articles or my horoscope somewhere along the line. And I have to ask, where's your where's your Mercury? Capricorn. That's what it's I thought. Hard <laughs> yeah, I was like, I know my Mercury and Sag ass could never. <laughs> Trust me, I'm also a Mercury and Sag. It's like I tried, and I have yeah. Saturn to help, and we're like, mm, it's not for us. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, yeah, Mecca, you were like, if not the first, one of the first Black astrologers I've ever I had ever come across, and it was very like affirming. You know, I think yeah, you and Sam. Um, we're definitely the first two. And <clears throat> excuse me, you you were the first black woman astrologer um published author, right? Um, I well, not the first the past, one, but in but the past it, like couple decades. Yeah, in the past couple <laughs> decades I've been the first one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you also connected me to my first writing gig, my first horoscope writing gig. So you're a huge major influence on me and my whole career and trajectory. So it's so awesome to have you here. Oh, it's awesome to be here. I feel like I've come full, we come full circle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then you two have a show together as well, Stars on Fire. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, it, it started <laughs> out, um, I want to say back in 2015, I think it was, or 2014, yeah. somewhere in there. Um, it came out of an idea of going to see a Marvel movie. <laughs> I'm seeing Spider-Man right after this. I, I don't <laughs> think that's Marvel, but I don't know. It is. It's Marvel. Okay. <laughs> no, Spider-Man is Marvel, but I know okay, that there's okay. like a there's like a discrepancy with like the studios um, because okay. it's Sony versus somebody else, whatever. But um, yeah, so we, we wanted to go see an Avengers movie and, you know, we were like, talking about the astrology in it especially in terms of the characters so we were talking about tony stark versus uh bruce banner and talking about like how they showed the different sides of mars the scorpio side and the Aries side and that just spiraled into like why don't we start a podcast <laughs> yeah yeah and it's so it's it's such a great podcast it's so I don't know. I feel like it's very similar type of vibe to this show where it's like you just like are listening to people talking about astrology in a way that's like really digestible, really, di really relatable. Um, but specifically, you guys do a lot of mundane astrology. You guys talk a lot about just like what's going on in the in the sky. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and that's what we're going to talk about today. But um, before we do that, I do want to like kind of talk about how you guys know each other how did you guys meet i still can't remember the exact day that we met it's kind of a mystery i think we met trying to do a work event together that was eventually canceled and then we just decided to to hang out yeah i think that that's 
how that happened. Yeah. But but even that is kind of fuzzy because I feel like we had already we're kind of kind of in the same yeah and like in the same circle because of Sam. Mm-hmm. Sam Reynolds is who we're talking about, friend of the pod. Um and uh but eventually like yeah, we somehow got called at the same time to do like an astrology related gig, but that that didn't pan out, but a friendship did. <laughs> That's so awesome. After the thing got canceled because we actually showed up and they're like, oh we're not doing it. We're like, okay. So <laughs> we kind of like walked away and we went to get some food and we ended up pulling out our charts, I think. And we ended up looking like we should work together. We don't know on what yet, but there is a lot of stuff in our charts that just made us feel like we were supposed to collaborate. And, you know, in a couple of months or I don't think it was that long after that that we we did. We started to do the podcast maybe a couple months to a year later. Less than that, I think. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. And I guess I met you guys through how did (laughs) I don't remember how I met. (laughs) I don't remember how I met you, Janelle. I don't remember either. Did we meet because of acupuncture? No, because, or maybe it was just on Twitter mm-hmm. first, and then I think I, I found out you were an acupuncturist through Twitter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. probably how it happened. Mm-hmm. And yeah, same, Mecca, I don't remember <laughs> <laughs> how we first started talking. I mean, I'm assuming it was Twitter, but also I feel like we talked, I feel like we did, were you at that event that Colin and I spoke? Were you speaking at that too, or is that something else? May, maybe. It was like, oh no, you were there. You were there in the audience. Cause I remember being like, oh my God, Becca's here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and like, so like nervous. Um, but it was like New York City astrology meetup. Oh, yes, yes. I remember that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we had probably, maybe we met in person for the first time then. I don't know, but it's been a few years. It's all fuzzy. Um, but regardless. <laughs> but we're glad to be here. Yeah, yes. I'm glad all the connections were made. Um, it's funny. We're always juggling all these dates and times. We're like, when did we meet? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. Day exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so to loop it back to mundane, um, if, you, if no one knows what that term means, mundane astrology is essentially the astrology of the world events, I guess, is like the most basic way of putting it. Um, and that can encompass anything from, you know, politics to extreme weather events to, um, you know, I do, would you feel like economy kind of falls into that too? Like Mm -hmm. just the astrology of things that are not personal. Um, it's a little bit, yeah, it's more, I'm like using my hands. Like (laughs) it's more, um, uh top level you could say or removed in that way and less in the weeds um i would say it's like very like saturnian astrology (laughs) um how would you guys like kind of describe mundane if 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 differently or if you want to add anything to that it's the astrology of the world, essentially, like all the things that fall out of our personal, you know, experience of astrology, I think kind of falls into mundane um, because it's outside the human body, essentially. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's not about us for once, um, <laughs> but it's about everything else that exists in our world. And that does include like the weather and, you know, money and all the other, you know, animals and entities, whatever. 
that would be part of our living world experience would fall under mundane, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Arts and entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say it's kind of like our collective experience, Mm -hmm. too. Um, And then you can kind of even zoom in on like specific countries and specific regions, even state cities and look at the astrology of those those spaces and those places and that also falls under mundane and again like weather also falls under mundane it's these um yeah these events that affects many people or groups of people you could say mm-hmm. so i'm curious like you know not every not every astrologer does mundane you know like i i feel like i pay attention to stuff just because most astrologers do but I try not to, (laughs) I try not to, like, I I think I got to a point where I realized, like, oh, no, like, you need to do this specifically. (laughs) Like, you can't just, like, you know, like, make predictions. Like, you can. You can totally just make predictions based off of, you know, the astrology that you know. But, like, it's very different from natal astrology. Um, And the way that you apply, you know, astrology to worldly events as opposed to a person, um, it's different. And, you know, doing predictions mundanely versus um, natally is very different too. So I'm curious, like, what got you into mundane astrology? And was there, was there like a specific event that really like catalyzed it for you? Or, you know, just a, a moment in time maybe? Um, Janelle, do you want to start? Um, I can't pinpoint it down to a specific event, but I do know that for me, I've always enjoyed history. So I think my love of history led me to mundane astrology because what I ended up doing randomly was I would watch, I would live tweet uh, historical documentaries, for example. Like I remember I did one for like the Romanov dynasty falling and I would just pull up charts because of course history documentaries are always giving you dates and rough times. Like, great, I can just start looking at these things. And so I would look at these charts and see all of these configurations just be like, well, shit. Well, <laughs> clearly no one had an astrologer because these things are very <laughs> obvious that these weren't great charts for whatever reason. And I did the same thing, I think with like, uh, oh, the French Revolution. Mm. So again, you know, I think because they have so much dates and times available, it's really good practice just to see what's happening in the heavens at the time of these major historical events, right? So, you know, that's just one way for me that I started to really catch on to those kind of patterns. And I think it kind of went from there. Um, Yeah, that's what I would say. But I think it helps to have a love of history when you're doing mundane astrology. Did did you say you have Saturn, a Saturn-Mercury conjunction? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's exactly what that sounds like. Um, <laughs> love of history. No, I mean, if you don't already follow Janelle on Twitter, like I'm not on Twitter much anymore, but like your threads, like when you just like live tweet things, it's the best. <laughs> it's the best. And you always Thank have you. such thorough, especially when you're adding astrology to it, like it gets so thor- thorough and you have like this, like you're just so good at it. <laughs> Thank you. I love doing it because it's just it's very much on the fly for me. Like I'm just yeah. pulling it up and just it's evident. So I think for astrologers who do like if you do want to practice, I would say start there. Right. Because this is stuff that's already happened in the past. So you have all this documentation. You have all the evidence. Now you just need to look at the charts and see how they match up and see what those patterns are. Definitely. Yeah. How about you, Mecca? Um, I think I think I got into mundane astrology. Well, I mean, I'm a Sag, so 
politics and global events is something that I've always been interested in ever since I was a kid, like, you know, growing up the way that I did with a Sag and an Aquarius parent, um, you know, we, we had to learn about those things. And so when I became an astrologer, or when I started studying astrology, I think I got into mundane by way of electional astrology. Um, because once I learned that pretty much like everything had a birthday, I would find myself like looking up dates and looking up times when like, you know, movies were released or, you know, shows or things like that. Or, you know, just thinking about like, you know, when someone decided to launch something and then how that might have went. Like, for example, I think I started looking a lot at like Mercury retrograde and like the tech companies. <laughs> and seeing like what they would do or what would happen like you know with apple or um microsoft or samsung or whatever and how like every mercury retrograde there will always be some sort of like thing that they were up to and i think over time they've also learned how to use the retrogrades because i noticed that a lot of, it's a lot of times when they're doing their updates and like improvements and like you know fixing bugs and things like that but before that years ago they always used to be like oh we're recalling you know this phone or you know this is not working we had to recall this you know because i think eventually somewhere along the line somebody got hit to astrology and was like oh <laughs> maybe we should be using this that's so that is such a interesting observation i would never have known that like noticed that but wow mm -hmm. Because for a time, they used to launch all the time, like new phones on a retrograde. And we'd all yeah. be like, why did you do that? And then have to watch them walk it back. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Do you remember when healthcare.com, like when, when Obama's healthcare uh, website launched, it was like the day of a retrograde and it like crashed? Yes, <laughs> yeah. I remember that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Presidents need an astrologer. Nixon was onto something. Well, we can also talk about the amount of times we've had Mercury retrograde during an election, right? Mm -hmm. And how we've had a lot of difficulties with that. So the last election, and I think the previous two as well, I think almost there's been a couple election cycles, like major like presidential election cycle, cycles that have had retrogrades and have been kind of clouded by, are these results real? Are they accurate? Mm -hmm. For better or for worse. That's so, right. We had that yeah. for the 2000 election. And mm -hmm. again, for 2020, yeah, I forgot. I talked about that in an article. <laughs> yeah, and how long we had to wait for results, right? Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why I remember on the election day in 2020, I was just like, I'm not going to even read any of the, like, I'm not going to keep up with anything because I know that we're not going to know the full results for a couple of days because Mercury is stationing and like Mars was stationing and there was just so much that, I was trying to tell people like, it's fine. It's fine. I was like hinging on um, Kamala's, like she was entering this peak period, all that stuff. So I was like, it's gonna be fine. <laughs> Just mm -hmm. wait, till, wait till the station. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I mean, it's, I feel like it's, <clears throat> pardon me. It's so like mundane astrology is one of those things where like, again, it's so easy to kind of dabble in it because we're, we're paying attention to what the planets are doing otherwise. But once you really start to like get get Saturnian about it, get mercurial about it and like really get into the weeds of um, the facts and the dates and all that, like you can. The, the, the patterning that you can, you know, start to start to notice 
kind of becomes mind blowing, which reminds me of like Cosmos and, and Psyche. Have you guys read Cosmos and Psyche? Some um, of it. Rich, Rich, yeah, yeah. I don't. I definitely haven't done cover to cover. It's like some of it. <laughs> but I mean, still, like that's such a amazing text. Um, when it comes to like you know tracking these like these transits on a long term, um, you know, not that he was tracking them long term, but he was he was going back, you know, to see in the history like how how these cycles, um, the patterns repeat themselves. So. Yeah, it's it's a really interesting and it's the oldest tradition of astrology. It's the oldest branch of astrology. Um, astrology started politically, you know, back then it was just kings who had astrologers mm-hmm. um, and it was about when to wage war and like when there's going to be a famine, you know, like things like that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. They're like, we don't care about you peasants. <laughs> who cares about what's happening in your personal life? <laughs> who has time for that? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it took a long time for (laughs) astrology to become as accessible as it is now. Um, But yeah, I mean, okay, so I kind of want to talk a little bit more about the the difference between mundane and and um, and natal, Um, because yeah, I mean, how how we view transits on a mundane level versus natally? Do you? Do either of you have any anything to say about that, like the the difference between the two? Yeah, I think for me, um, maybe Janelle might also be able to speak to this, but I think I think for me, like being um, an astrologer that reads natal charts as well as mundane, I tend to find that there's a lot of sometimes like clarification or even sometimes damage control that I have to do with people who um, perhaps are following, you know, the more mundane stuff and then looking at their charts and being really like freaked out or upset um, about like, you know, what does this mean? This is going to happen to me and me having to kind of be like, just because this transit is doing this, it doesn't necessarily mean that this is going to show up you know, in your life this way, it could show up this way. Um, But then also at the same time, clarifying that like, it's still a collective experience. So on some level, we are experiencing, you know, certain transits or or, or these things together, but how you individually experience it might be very different from how you might read about it or someone else might experience it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's sort of like, you know, the pandemic you know for some for a lot of people it was or it is because it's it's still ongoing but it is what i mean more speaking to the beginning when it started like 2020 specifically um really like for a lot of people it was life-changing in so many ways right so we can say the astrology of 2020 was that way for some people some people got extremely fucking rich off of this right like for some people this was like incredible um and changed their lives in so many ways for other people they lost their lives they lost loved ones and they lost their jobs and you know it's that's like a mundane you know transit you could say the saturn pluto conjunction that manifested very differently for different people like it was on bezos's son and look how much richer he got (laughs) you know um so yeah that's that's a good point that like the way that the transits we're going to experience them collectively like the the astrology of 2020 right we all experience that but how it's going to manifest and where it's hitting you in your chart is going to be so specific to you um in your experience yeah how about you janelle do you have anything to add to that yeah no i mean you know the mundane like the world that we live in it's like an umbrella right like we're 
how it impacts you on a personal level is going to be, like you said, very specific. So there are some people, for example, that conjunction and 2020 astrology was great for their chart. Maybe great things happen to them, you know, um, the same thing for now and vice versa. So it's not a judgment thing. And I think that's something that we also have to kind of reiterate a lot with astrology. Like it's not about judgment. The, the heavens aren't cursing you. Like mm-hmm. no one's out to get you. Like it's not, you know, you did nothing wrong being born a Scorpio or a Gemini, whatever the newest sign is that everyone hates. <laughs> it's not about that. You know, like I think it's important for people to remember that everything is a cycle right there are ups and there are downs and i think we have to reiterate that to people because i think our western way of civilization makes us feel like it's constantly upward trajectory and it's always going forward and it's always towards the top and it's never ending that's just not how our universe works nothing in our known world or universe works like that everything goes in a circle up and down and up and down Mm -hmm. so i think once you take out the judgment around why things aren't going well for you right now just say well maybe this is part of my down cycle maybe it's just it's my turn on the bottom of the wheel and eventually i'll come back up and i think that shifts things but you know i think linear time and thinking has really done a number on us Mm -hmm. (laughs) to be honest i i agree and i think that that a lot of the time that i've been spending in session with clients over the past two years has been getting people to wrap their mind around the around that fact of like the chart is a map it's showing you ways that you can navigate to reach certain goals or destinations sometimes in reaching a place or sometimes a path that you have to take is maybe a path where you have to be still you know and wait until you know the the, the timing or the next opportunity comes up so yeah i i agree Mm-hmm. yeah it's hard though as astrology you know we were talking to Kira before like you know we just went through some pretty challenging periods in our charts and it was hard I was calling Mecca all the time like girl how long and <laughs> this is horrible and I don't want to do this and this sucks and why and you know so don't think that because we understand this information that it's any easier to go through we're not more enlightened because we are in fact it's worse sometimes because right. we know better <laughs> yeah. and right. we're just like and I'm still whining I know what this is I understand it but I hate it mm-hmm. so you know and i would think that's the same thing with world astrology like sometimes we have these really peaceful periods peaceful and then we have really turbulent times and it sucks mm-hmm. it is what it is yeah you know and that's okay yeah yeah and this this is a particularly turbulent one for sure <laughs> um mm-hmm. so yeah i mean that's such a good point too it's like personally and interpersonally and collectively we're we're all going to be going through various different levels of peaks and valleys and different turns on the wheel or in the spiral but um that's the cool thing about astrology even though yeah it can suck sometimes (laughs) knowing better um but also it's it can be so helpful to just um know that there's an end point or at least a transition point a lot of the times and to be able to like have that big picture perspective can be honestly life-saving in a lot of ways um so yeah yeah thank you astrology for that (laughs) yeah i was just thinking about that when i was going through a major pluto transit like because i had astrology at that point even in college there was an end date and so even though it was a it was a far off end date to me at that point in time i knew there was an end date versus if i hadn't know i would have thought that was gonna be my entire life maybe and that would have impacted me in a lot of ways yeah yeah i think about that Oh, go ahead. No, no, I was just saying that I had a couple of examples of that recently where um, 
I had some clients <clears throat> going through Pluto transit as well and Neptune <laughs> and Neptune, which, you know, is a planet that tends to sneak up on you because it makes things so hazy and weird. Yeah. It's like, how did it get so foggy all of a sudden? <laughs> It's just like, where am I going? Who am I? What is this place? What is reality? Yeah. That's yeah. Not yeah. Yeah. And being able to tell someone like, no, it's not you. You know, um, you're not imagining things. You know, it's it's happening. And also there's a time limit on it. I think. Yeah, definitely. Helps. For sure. Mm -hmm. For sure. So with all that being said, I think we should talk about <laughs> the astrology of 2022. Yeah. And, um, yeah, the major transits, because I don't know, top level, like overall, how are you guys feeling about this year, especially in comparison to the past two years? It stinks. No. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, could it be better? Sure. sure, like sure. I, I want to go back to 2019, too. But <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it has its highs and its lows. I mean, like we were just talking about, everything has its highs and its lows, right? Yeah. Um, I think the other thing we haven't touched upon though is human, you know, free will, mm -hmm. right? So these cycles are happening regardless of what we do down here. Like they're going to happen no matter what. It really is about the human reaction and response that usually is what we're like, uh, I don't know. Like, <laughs> are there trustworthy humans in charge? I don't know. Like maybe things, you know, really depends on what people decide to do. So I would say with astrology kind of approach it from a neutral standpoint but also highlight where things could definitely go left or right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> and the hopes for what people will respond to and how they'll respond to it <laughs> so i think it's always important to show you know the good and the bad yeah gotcha. there's no happy there's no sprinkles on top and there's no poop but there's something <laughs> we'll just have to wait and see yeah i hear that how about you mecca um well, I think I think probably in the same boat with Janelle. I mean, <laughs> I think that uh, after <laughs> after having the self node whip my ass over the past year and a half, I think that um, well, you know, I'm a Mercury and Capricorn. I have a really strong Saturn in my chart, so like um, I don't know if I've ever been super optimistic person, <laughs> but. <laughs> Uh, but I will say that, um, I, I hope my hope for the year, especially when we talk about the Jupiter transit, cause you know, Jupiter is at home in Pisces now. Um, we have that big Jupiter Neptune conjunction coming up, you know, over the spring. I hope that it will give people some hope that they've been missing as of late. You know, um, we started out this sort of cycle with, all of that, those Capricorn planets, you know, heavy Saturn, heavy Pluto, um, Jupiter back was in Capricorn. Then from there, we went to, you know, Jupiter and Saturn and Aquarius. So there's been a lot of Saturnian stuff going on. Um, my hope is that um, Jupiter being in Pisces will help to balance some of that out. But at the same time, I'm also wary of the fact that this Jupiter and Pisces transit could also just inflate a lot of the illusion and escapism and misinformation and also zealotry, you know, like religious, re religious zealotry that we've been seeing that's been fueling a lot of like 
the discord going on, for example, here in the United States, um, you know, uh, the evangelical church has got people on a cho- in a chokehold, unfortunately. And I'm just Never like, you ending, know, it feels right. And sometimes, <laughs> you know, me, me and Janelle talk about this on our show, you know, all the time that sometimes when planets are in their home sign is when they are the strongest in terms of doing the most fuck shit, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the biggest dicks. <laughs> so I the answer to nobody, right? Yeah, exactly. Right? Like who gonna check me, boo? So exactly, especially <laughs> when Saturn and Jupiter can't see each other. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've definitely and I've definitely noticed since Jupiter's moved Pisces. off into Pisces, Saturn. like Saturn feels more Saturn, mm-hmm. right? For me, it's happening in my third house, right? So I'm like, ooh, I'm not as talkative as i was before mm-hmm. and oh i don't want to i'm i'm editing more i don't want to talk as more like you know i'm definitely feeling saturn without jupiter there to buffer and kind of mitigate some of his harshness so that's definitely something that i'm trying to keep cognizant of because he is going to be there for a little bit longer i think what till march of next year saturn is, yeah right mm-hmm. yeah so we still have some more time but he is kind of super powered mm-hmm. you know um And, you know, I I like Jupiter and Pisces so far, but it can feel a little bit kind of lost at sea sometimes. You're kind of distracted. Mm -hmm. You're just like, oh, well, what a pretty butterfly. Oh, yeah, that about that thing that I totally forgot to do. Damn it. (laughs) Let me go back and retrace. You know, it's kind of that kind of float off and come back feeling, which can feel a little bit difficult when you have all this crisis oriented stuff Mm -hmm. on your plate. Yeah. yeah. So we're we've been sort of talking about the Jupiter and Pisces transit, which started December 29th and it's going to be in Pisces until May 10th. It'll come back at the end of the year, um, October 27th through December 20th. So we get a little extra like I think it's like seven, eight weeks or something that we get at the end of the year. Um, but mm-hmm. I mean, as a Pisces rising, I will just say I feel like it's not fair that Jupiter moves through so fast. <laughs> we got like a whole yeah. year of Jupiter and Capricorn in fall 2020, but no, it just has to zoom through Pisces. Um, but I will say I kind of had this thought recently, like, yeah, that's because Pisces risings are like way too, we were way too powerful to have Jupiter in our, in our first house for, for too long. <laughs> um, because yeah, that's the thing. I, I think it's a good point. Um, that you just raised about Jupiter and Pisces, like, and just like a planet in its own sign. I, f- I feel like this can be a, a really nourishing <laughs> transit for a lot of people who like need that hope. I definitely needed that hope <laughs> that Jupiter is providing me. And um, yeah, just the faith that Jupiter, that Jupiter and Pisces can provide. Well, at the same time, for some people, it's going to be extremely overwhelming. You know, for some people, it's going to be like, like they're busting wide open in terms of their sensitivity, right? Their vulnerability. Um, for some people, it might be really hard in terms of their substance use, you know? Um, with Jupiter and Pisces, I mean, you can drink, you know? You, you can consume some uh, substances that, you know, can kind of take you out of out of this world. And there's nothing, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But for some people who have more trouble um, you know, balancing that and not going overboard with that, like this can be a really difficult transit for them to stay, maintain sobriety or to stay in a place where they're not, you know, overindulging. Cause 
Yeah, I, one of my one of our guests, um, Ari Felix, said described Jupiter and Pisces as like the overflow, which can be so necessary for so many in so many areas. Like we need some overflow in some places, but for others, yeah. Yeah. Not so much. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think that definitely is something, um, you know, Janelle and I were also talking about that one of the concerns that we do have around the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction is uh, a rise in like overdoses, um, mm-hmm. drug, drug, drug overdoses, uh, substance abuse. Um, and, you know, I, I never forget, I had sat in on a medical astrology class once with Judith Hill. And who, you know, I think she might be a Sag too. Um, I think she's a Pisces. A Pisces. She's, she's, okay, Jupiterian oh, still. Okay, or Jupiter. at least, yeah, she, <laughs> yeah. I think she's a Pisces, but it might be another Pisces placement. But Pisces. yeah, gotcha. okay. she's Jupiterian for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I'm, I'm such a, you know, we're both fans of her work. But um, I remember her saying that Neptune can be anxi- anxiety. Um, in, in not just, you know, like, the escapism but also people wanting to escape like that feeling of like uncertainty um or just that feeling of being constantly adrift as janelle was talking Mm -hmm. about and kind of using those things as a way to cope so you know we're definitely concerned about that i think the other thing too you know um when i think about the saturn and uranus square that's still going um i think on the one hand saturn and uranus kind of battling it together has definitely to some degree like helped us with kind of recognizing like wow there's a lot of stuff that needs to change um and here's the way that we need to change it um like one thing that I, I feel encouraged about is like you know a lot of people are starting to form labor unions for example um and you have a lot of people who are pushing back and being like I don't want to work myself into the dirt for nothing anymore um which has been nice to see and you you know there's um i remember i was talking to a client recently who did a lot of work back in the 90s back you know when when saturn was in aquarius the last time and we were talking about how that was a time when um there was a lot of push you know in terms of like the the like queer queer rights and representation and you know the the battle against like the hiv epidemic and you know things like that and so here we are fast forward and now we're battling with you know covid um on top of other you know uh health related issues and still kind of pushing for right housing rights for example you know is another thing that's been coming up but at the same time i feel like the saturn uranus square has also brought out a lot of anarchists too right where you have like um you know people who are willing to you know blow up the capital you know or (laughs) you know go and try to like you know you know blow up synagogues and you know like i feel like that's also a a side effect of this transit as well that i'm also concerned about so i feel like you know with astrology it has a lot to do with how we use it you know it's the gift and the curse I think mm-hmm. sometimes. Um, and yeah, and I think, you know, the free will piece is so important because it's kind of like, well, how how do we want to use it? But I also do have a lot of concerns around cer- certain things like that. And just in terms of like, well, people like to stick with what they know. And sometimes what they know isn't always the best thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that comes up with Jupiter and Neptune is, um, you know, class struggle. 
So we're already seeing a lot of that. We're just like, you know, like, why is there, you know, such an economic disparity, not only in this country, but around the world and what that means, especially with all the different, you know, climate change and people thinking about what the future is going to look like. You know, will we be able to afford <laughs> to be on this planet? You know, like that's a big question for a lot of people. And I'm sure it's a question that has been, you know, answered or asked many times over the centuries. Like this is not the first time that this has happened. There have been, you know, class struggles and coups and all sorts of crazy shit throughout history. So this is not the first time. But in a way, it feels to me as someone, you know, growing up in the 20th and 21st centuries, just like, there almost feels like there's this idea that we're better than what we used to be mm. and that we're different now. Like all that crazy stuff happened before, you know, wow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now I'm just like, and I wonder if that really, you know, got us caught up here. I like vehemently believe like that. I hate, I just hate that so much. I hate when people say like, oh, we just have to wait for the old people to die off. Cause I'm like, and I'm just like, <laughs> history says otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> Things keep like, being Whoa. bad and people keep dying. Like, it's not. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. But that really comes back down to our choices, right? So really identifying, like, what did they do to get them those results? And what do we have to, to do to get the results that we want? Mm -hmm. You know, and that's why that history stuff is so powerful. But it also comes back around to like, who gets to write history, right? Mm -hmm. So all these things are coming up. Like, so we have to hope the history that we're actually reading and, and you know, researching is accurate. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes too. So that can be something, especially with Jupiter and Neptune, right? It's like, did that happen? How do you know? Like, you know, because Neptune's in there. You have to be really discerning about those things. So um i'm excited for that but i'm also excited for some of the humanitarian things that might come out of jupiter and neptune right where people might find their heart and compassion be like no we can do something really amazing here and give people hope through the arts and music and theater and you know tell us a new story because i always think about storytelling when it comes to jupiter right i've been around the world i've traveled all over i've spoken to all these people i've been with kings and paupers and here's what i've learned mm -hmm. right you can do this instead, but, and we can do big things and expand and do a meet and reach the heavens, or we can crash down to hell, you know, <laughs> your choice. <laughs> I mean, speaking about a lot of these things, like, yeah, I think so much of the, so much of it um, does have to do with this Jupiter and Pisces. I haven't really thought of it in, in that, in the sense of like, you know, the wealth disparity, especially, um, but something I have been thinking about in regards to that, which is sort of a first when you think about it, is the United States Pluto return. Um, and this is something that, you know, when we talk about mundane transits, like scaring our clients and <laughs> into thinking like something bad's going to happen to them. Um, mm -hmm. that, this is one of them that I've gotten um, of the, you know, people just being kind of nervous about it. And I mean, don't blame me. I don't blame anyone for being nervous about it, um, especially because there's so much, you know, there's so much online about it as well. But um, yeah, I would love to talk to you two about it and and how you're sort of, yeah, thinking about it, because um, I'm sure it's on a lot of people's minds. It's well, this comes out February 7th. The U.S. Pluto return is February 22nd, 2020. So, um, yeah, like two weeks away, basically, from this coming out. 
And um, yeah, I'm sure it's in a lot of people's minds. So if anyone doesn't know what we're referring to is the fact that in the, at the founding of the United States, and by that I mean the signing of the Declaration of Independence, um, the uh, Pluto is at 27 degrees of Capricorn, and it's finally returning to that degree for the first time um, on February 22nd, 2020. And that's a big deal for a lot of reasons. It's not the only time it's going to hit that degree because Pluto does move back and forth kind of right does it come back to 27 i'm sure it does i think so yeah yeah it usually hits okay yeah because it does hit it does hit zero aquarius next year um but it does come back into to late capricorn so um so yeah who wants to who wants to start (laughs) with the pluto return (laughs) you go i know janelle's like no (laughs) Um, well, I'll, I'll, I'll preface it by saying that, um, I haven't had the opportunity and maybe this is me like not wanting to also (laughs) to look at the exact chart of the Pluto return to see like what's going on. But just in terms of like the fact that, um, if, if, you know, if 2020 is any, any indication of what this Pluto return return means and also the fact that venus right so venus has been in capricorn um since what i think around thanksgiving of last year around around that time i i forget the exact date but and we have venus in capricorn until march sorry i just remember because it was at like 11 degrees of my birthday so it must have been like earlier in, in november right right yeah so yeah so early november venus has been crossing all of that sky that saturn um cross back when it was in Capricorn, Jupiter cross, right? All, Pluto, like, so Venus, and then we started, tw- start, we started 2022 out with the Venus retrograde and Venus has been dancing around with Pluto um, pretty much since the year began. And that was when, you know, the Omicron um, variant was out of control. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, you know, the hospitals were, were filling back up again. And there was just a lot of we're not prepared, <laughs> you know, like a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of what I, what I felt was going on was like, we've done this, but we're still doing the same dumb shit that mm-hmm. that that's how it really came off to me at the expense of pro- like acting like people over profit. Like it was very much like, oh, we don't care. <laughs> we're still going to keep going in the same direction because we won't we don't want to lose money but then it's like but you're still losing money anyway because everybody's fucking sick so so for me when i think about this pluto return my hope is that it doesn't become you know and and janelle i'm I'm laughing because janelle knows that i'm a big fan of like dystopian fiction (laughs) 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 she hates it she hates yeah, it. She's like uh, Janelle's too too Jupiterian for right. that. Right? Like, she's 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 too she's too Jupiterian so for it. But my, you know, I'm very Saturnian. My moon is in Aquarius. Like it's very very Saturnian energy for me. So I like it. But my hope is that it doesn't become you know some sort of um, dystopian. I mean, we're already kind of in it anyway. You know, since we we've been in it for a while. But my hope is that it doesn't go get worse because the thing is is that that Pluto is a planet that does not abide by um what's the word i'm looking for like i feel like pluto doesn't abide by like avoidance denial <laughs> doesn't abide by denial 
does not. That's the part. Right. Right. Doesn't abide by denial. And the thing is, is that like if you deny, 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 eventually that shit will come back to bite you, you know? And that so, is, yeah. That is, that is so, that is a word. <laughs> I was just thinking about it. I was just like, ugh. Because I think this Venus transit with Pluto is really supposed to help us get clarity about what our values are, right? Like, what do you value about your structures in your society, the things that make it run, or, you know, the very Capricornian, like, fixtures, the foundation, what do you value? Infrastructure, Infrastructure, even the arts, right? We've lost a lot of artists, we've lost a lot of peacekeepers, and, you know, um, we lost Desmond Tutu, who else we lost? A lot um, of our elders. A lot of our elders, Belly White, Bell Hooks, like there's a Mm -hmm. lot of elders who have this position of being Venus for us, which is, you know, important because we need Mm -hmm. to know how to be kind (laughs) Mm -hmm. and loving and, you know, nourish things back into life. And what Venus going into the underworld to meet up with Pluto, it really is kind of like, well, if you value it, you will protect and cherish it you won't allow venus to be kidnapped into the underworld to be you know abused essentially so you know i think that was kind of the story but if we don't value it we're going to lose more because like we said pluto does not do well with denial and i say that from my personal pluto experience when he went over my son and ascendant years ago like when i tried to deny he's like no 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 like if you deny i'm going to shake you i'm going to do whatever and i fear with the pluto return in the country it's probably going to look like that it's going to be a lot of shaking and confronting and you know it's going to be a little bit painful because right now we're even going through denial no we didn't do slavery mm-hmm. how we can't teach little white kids about the shit that we did to amass all this wealth and power no like denial 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 and so and she's not like to well that's <laughs> the pluto return is in the the u.s sibley chart second house of yes. money of money <laughs> resources right? resources mm-hmm. especially opposing the entire cancer stellium in the eighth house mm-hmm. um yeah i i sorry go ahead Mecca. no i was just gonna add that i just think that that ultimately what i what my what i feel and and i think janelle echoes this is that if it can if this can if this if the the powers that be you know the government um in this country continues to um deny the fact that people are more imp- important um, or less important than profit, then we're going to see the fallout of that. And I don't think that um, the economy is, it almost makes me think about like that line from the color purple is like, until you do right by me, <laughs> no good is going to come to you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that, that's kind of how I, I see it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, and by that, when you say that, like, until you do right by me, it makes me think until you do right by, you know, the native indigenous people of this country, until you do right by the descendants of the people who built this fucking country, um, until you do right by the people who are still, you know, starving on the streets, until you do right by the people who, you know, risk their lives for this country and other fucking countries fighting your wars, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, nothing good's gonna come. <laughs> nothing good's gonna come. Yeah, 
that's yeah. basically it and that's going to be very confronting because you know this nation has especially since 9-11 which we were looking at briefly before we got on call i think me and mecca but um a lot of propaganda about us being number one and we're the best and no one can you know like that's deep deep i don't know where even as when i was a teen i was like that's not true like <laughs> that's like cancer stellium <laughs> like the nationalism it's like that's not true like that's really not true but it is a belief and if you have that kind of belief it's going to be hard to face reality when it comes crashing down. Like, how can the greatest country in the world have, what, 800,000 deaths and counting mm -hmm. from a virus that I'm not saying is the easiest virus to battle, obviously not, not to diminish all the hard work that's gone on to, into it and defeating it or, you know, handling it, but it's a lack of leadership. Yeah. It's a lack of community. It's a lack of regard for yourself and others that this is how it's going here. And you can't deny it because the numbers speak for themselves. Mm -hmm. this yeah. is not a winning country right now that's okay because we're going through some shit right yeah, so yeah Pluto return shit <laughs> Pluto return shit amongst other things <laughs> yeah I mean about it about the hope that this doesn't become a dystopian future um I do also believe that we're already in it <laughs> like we're this, this is the dystopia um and I also you know it makes me think about Saturn and Aquarius like kind of governing or is responsible for this Pluto thing happening. And not to say like Saturn will be in Pisces next year during the the um, subsequent returns when Pluto comes back. But um, yeah, I don't know. There's something slightly hopeful in me about that. Not to say that Saturn's like, you know, Saturn's not a benefic or anything, but the fact that it's Saturn in its, in its preferred domicile, in the air domicile, um, and in the domicile that has to do with the the populace, the public, and structuring society in a way that is hopefully more inclusive. Um, not not to say that that's you know all Aquarius because it's not necessarily the case. But I think what is true is that Saturn wants structure and Saturn wants order. Um, and you know, in Aquarius, it wants that through the populace. It wants social structure and social order. So I don't know. I don't know which way, you know, that'll swing. But to me, it's like I'd rather Saturn and Aquarius governing. Ooh. Oh, no. Sorry. <laughs> I just got a pop up of my screen that said I was signed out of my Zoom account. That was weird. OK, so <laughs> I think I think one of my assistants is doing something with it. Um, <clears throat> but anyway. What was I even saying? Oh, yeah, Saturn. I'd rather Saturn in Aquarius than uh, ruling this than like a Saturn in Aries, personally, or like, you know, even a Saturn in Sag even. So, I mean, maybe Saturn in Sag would be a little bit more benefic, but <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. There's something about the fact that Saturn is, yeah, I don't know. Now it's making me think we're having a Saturn trying to because the U.S. has Saturn in, in Libra natally, right? So um, I don't know whether to look at that as like a positive or potential, you know, negative, but right. something to think about. Yeah, I think I think it could go both ways, right? Because sometimes that Aquarius energy can be very cold um, and cold to the point where there is no heart, there is no emotion, there is no, um, there is no thought to like, you know how this makes someone heal um however i do think that one of the things that saturn aquarius is doing and this you know janelle has spoke a lot about this 
is like how important community is right now. And if we are going to make it through this challenging period, we can't afford to we can't afford to coast or put our feet up and think like, oh, you know, they'll pick it up or someone else will do it. It's like we all like it's all very much an all hands on deck situation that we're all in. Um, and that really is the only way I think that we're going to be able to get out of things. And so, um, you know, everybody kind of doing their part, <laughs> you know, the lawyers, the doctors, the uh, the therapists, the astrologers, the, you know, the essential workers, like everybody, you know, right now, I think in, in many ways, um, it, it has to like that. That's the reality. Right. So Saturn's reality, like the reality of the situation is that we all need to work together to do this. And I think that the thing about Saturn, <laughs> which I appreciate, and I always try to get my clients to appreciate Saturn too, is that Saturn will make you do it again and again and again until you get the shit right. So there's no escaping this, you know, like that, that to me, that in a way, in a weird way, kind of gives me hope because I feel like this is not a situation where we can go back to quote unquote normal. This is not a situation where we can't afford to be like, yeah, you know, I'll get to it later or I'm not involved or whatever the case may be. It's like, no, run it back. <laughs> run that shit <laughs> One back. more time, kids. Exactly. Yeah. Until, until you get this right. Yeah. Well, but and that's the case for any good performance, right? If you've ever been on stage... Mm -hmm. If you've ever been in a band or in a dance troupe or whatever, acting, how many times you have to run a scene over and over again? Because, you know, not everyone knows their stuff yet. But you yeah. do it until everyone has their marks and it looks good. So, but we don't like to, you know, play together well. So that's our main problem. <laughs> <laughs> it's a me yeah. me show. <laughs> Speaking of Saturn, I kind of wanted to talk about, you know, Saturn and Aquarius this year because it gets to 25 degrees. Um, and for a good chunk of the year, most of the year, it's, it's squaring the nodes, it's squaring the nodal axis in Taurus and Scorpio. And so, yeah, I'm wondering if you guys have thoughts about this. I mean, the nodes just switched a couple of weeks ago into Taurus and Scorpio. It felt like immediately, like things started to, I just felt the show. I feel like a lot of people like really felt it. Um, yeah, but without going into that. The, just like the whole fixed sign vibe of this year with the nodes and the eclipses and then Saturn squaring it. Like, I'm curious what you guys have been thinking about it, because to me, it feels like Saturn trying to I mean, of course, Uranus is involved here, too, but it feels like Saturn trying to like hold like hold things together. But at the bendings, the bendings to me is sort of like like the Bermuda Triangle or something like something where like <laughs> things just like get weird and time bends and everything gets distorted and so Saturn kind of like lord of time trying to like you know construct things and keep things in order and then but being in this like kind of like dizzy place at the bendings and also having to deal with these run-ins with Uranus just feels like kind of chaotic I don't know <laughs> what are you guys thinking I like um I like Judith Hill's explanation for planets being in the bending in her books. I was looking at her uh, explanation for Saturn being in the bends, 
Mm-hmm. And she was talking about it being something along the lines of you're being faced with a a permanent choice between two opposites, mm. you know. And I know in that ch- in that chart, I believe Saturn is conjoined with Mars in Aquarius, um, and Jupiter's hooked up with Neptune and Pi- and Venus all in Pisces, I believe. And so I do think we're going to be facing a decision, especially between those nodes in in Taurus and Scorpio. It's evaluation, right? Which way are we going to go? Probably not permanent, but for at least for the next 30 years, possibly, since it is Saturn, right? A choice that we're going to make and whichever direction we're going to go, because, you know, South Node, North Node, which way do you want to go is going to, you know, have a lot of influence. The other thing, too, about those nodes is like, ultimately, I think it's really a choice between Jupiter and Saturn because the North Node in Taurus is ruled by Venus and Pisces. Venus and Pisces ruled by Jupiter. And then the South Node in Scorpio ruled by Mars and Aquarius. Mars and Aquarius ruled by Saturn. So those two guys, Jupiter and Saturn, in their domicile asking us, which way do you want to go? Right? I think the Jupiter expression with Venus, Taurus kind of stuff is a little bit more fruitful, <laughs> a little bit more hopeful. But again, we do know that there's some downfalls with that, right? We can head into a lot of delusion about what's going on and that could be a little bit dangerous. But Saturn and Mars together makes me feel like we should go for Jupiter, honestly. <laughs> like, I saw that and I was like, oh, no, not oh, that girl. Do you remember the last <laughs> time? It was it was April 2020, right when lockdowns were like just oh, like really kicking no. in. And Saturn had just entered Aquarius and Mars. Saturn had like four days to be like, oh, nice. I'm in my, Mm -hmm. you know, back in Aquarius feeling good. And Mars comes in, like starts the fire, you know. Oh, gosh. Um, So, yeah, I'm I'm not looking forward to that either. It's exactly square to my Scorpio stellium, that conjunction. So, yeah, not excited. (laughs) And I think Uranus is in there by a loose square as well. So there's Mm -hmm. a lot of tension with that. Saturn, Mars, Uranus situation. So it's going to be a choice that hopefully will be obvious, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. which way to go. Like maybe we don't want to go down the martial, Saturnian, harsh, you know, fight violently for everything. Maybe we want to go a little bit softer with Jupiter, Neptune, and Pisces. Maybe we want to do some compassion, some humanity. Clean the fucking water, maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like something sweet and kind that would help everybody <laughs> as yeah, opposed maybe, to turning a yeah. profit. <laughs> Exactly. No, and I think the difficult part here is that they can't see each other. And maybe that's nice and maybe it's not, you know, like, I I just feel like there's no negotiating between Jupiter and Saturn right now. It's like they're both getting their they're both trying to get their I think they both do get their way in different, different ways. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, the Jupiter Saturn piece, um, especially when when um, Venus comes through Pisces in, in April makes me really, that's that's a part that I'm concerned about, like the cults and the religious mm-hmm. zealot, zealot to, I can't say that word. Um, Zealotry. <laughs> yes. Zealotry. Um, <laughs> and yeah, people really taking their faith too far. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a time period that's really interesting because it's like so nice for the Pisces stuff and so not for the Aquarius stuff. I mean, ideally, it would be a great time if people would recognize all the ways in which different faiths, whether religious or otherwise, are interconnected, right? That's mm-hmm. the beauty of Jupiter and Pisces is like under the water, under the sea, everyone's connected, right? <laughs> like everyone's in the same water. So 
hopefully there'll be some artistic expression or faithful expression that will come forward to kind of soften things up too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, can we talk a little bit about Jupiter and Aries? Cause that, we're going to have that for like at least six months, right? Jupiter and Aries. So Jupiter is going to enter, leave Pisces um, on May 10th and enter Aries and will be there until October 27th. Um, and the interesting thing about Jupiter and Aries this year is it's it's going to enter in May and then Venus will already be there. So it's going to be both benefics and Aries for a little bit. And then Mars enters towards the end of May um, and they form a conjunction around three degrees of Aries. I think it's at the very end of May, like the 30th or 31st or something. Um, so, yeah, what? how are you guys thinking about Jupiter and Aries? I don't I definitely wasn't like. Away. I wasn't paying attention to astrology last time Jupiter was in Aries. So I'm sort of like, it feels like it's like a, like, oh, this is a new, a new thing that like I get to experience. And yeah. How are you guys thinking about it? I, I think it's really interesting that Mars is going to be there with it, like right off the bat. Mm -hmm. Well, I was thinking about it in terms of weather, because I was looking mm -hmm. ahead at some of the uh, um, solstice and equinox charts and I think we're gonna have that Jupiter Mars conjunction and the moon as well in Aries for the summer charts oh wow um, so I think it's gonna be a pretty hot and dry summer okay. um, and there's some other things happening in that that solstice chart that I'm just like oh yeah <laughs> great depending on where you are this chart does look pretty active for earthquakes possibly Mm -hmm. So I would say a possible uh, heads up to California for the summer seasons for fires and possibly earthquakes. Noted. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be in Europe all summer, but. <laughs> She's like, <"Peace." laughs> whoever's going to be in my apartment, I'll let them know. <laughs> no, but that's, yeah, that's, that's a good point. Um, it's, what's interesting is we got so much uh, moisture this all this winter so far with Jupiter and Pisces, you know, we've been getting a lot of, not we, but there's been a lot of snow in certain mm -hmm. parts of the country out in California. We, um, we got a lot of rain in December. We got a lot of rain and it's, and, and into January and it's showing like everything's green. green. I go on hikes and, you know, parts of my favorite hike that was burned down during a fire, like all the hills are green again. And it's just, mm -hmm. It's exciting. It's exciting that, I mean, we were annoyed by it out here. Like, can it stop raining? But at the same time, it was like, I know this is going to, it's going to be good in a couple of weeks and it's already, it's already paying off. So that's cool to think about it that way. And, you know, it's all, it's always important to, to, yeah, I, I, whenever I see a lot of fire, fire sign energy in the summer, I'm always a little bit worried. So yeah, that's good I don't to think, think it'll be as bad as last summer. That was like the Mars retrograde. That was that the grand cross between all the fixed signs. Mm. It was a Mars, was it Mars, Uranus, Saturn, T square, okay. and the moon in Scorpio to intensify it. And it was all Got a it. grand cross and fixed. So that was like, I think, kind of the chart that we can use for extreme weather events, mm -hmm. <laughs> like in terms of helping us delineate like how bad it is on the scale. <laughs> Got it. Got that was it. pretty rough summer last summer. Every day was something terrible, <laughs> weather-wise. Oh, yeah. I remember I got out of New York right before the really bad flood because it was it was flooding when I was there. And, yeah, I know what you're talking about now. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, what else about Jupiter and Aries is kind of coming to mind for you guys? Um, 
I don't know. I feel like I feel like I need to look at that transit a little bit more. But I think for me, there's concerns <laughs> that I have. I mean, as a fire sign, I like when planets are in fire because um, it's like, hey, it's fun. But <laughs> Jupiter and Aries, I don't know. I mean, I I think about like again like religious, uh, you know, extremism. Especially because when Jupiter starts out in Aries, Mars will be in Pisces at that time. Mm-hmm. They have that mutual, mutual reception. reception. Right. So I I think that's one thing that I'm concerned about. I think um, misinformation is another issue. Because, you know, when Janelle and I were, were talking a little bit before this call, I was saying that, um, or we noted that Ju- Jupiter would be in Aries well until when Mars, like, kind of, kind of switches over into Gemini because we have that Mars retrograde at the end of the year in Gemini. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I, I have been having, you know, like there was a lot of talk about this over the last year about how like, you know, uh, foreign entities have been having their hands in terms of like, you know, in our affairs by way of social media and things like that. Um, I know there's been an article that was published recently, I think in the LA Times, I want to say about how a lot of um, like tarot readers and astrologers have been getting like scammers, you know, setting yeah, up like that was those. LA Times. Times. I was in it. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, th- I was like, I think, yeah, Kara's in there. Um, who've been, you know, trying to scam people by creating like phony accounts. Most recently, there's been a, a rash of people losing their Instagram mm-hmm. accounts because scammers have been tricking them into like getting like their uh, password information and things like that. So I'm, I'm a bit concerned that that might continue to be um, an even bigger issue, you know, as we go into the year, especially because we have what the the midterm elections coming up mm-hmm. and I feel like that could be grounds for like some funny business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've been thinking about it as like Jupiter, J- Jupiter is able to do Mars's bidding <laughs> when it's in Aries and with Mars in there kind of like giving orders to, and from this really resource place, it's like, what do you want, Mars and Aries? What are you going to be, you know, directing Jupiter to be to do? Um, so that can be concerning thinking about it that way. Um, otherwise, it's kind of nice that they'll be sextile Saturn instead of <laughs> instead of you know conjunct and you know, yeah, it's going to Mars will eventually get into Taurus and that won't be cute anymore. But um, <laughs> I mean, but yeah. yeah. I mean, the other thing, the other way that it could play out is maybe, you know, around that time, people will find their fight again. I think everybody is really burnt out and worn out right now in terms of, you know, having to fight fascism, Mm -hmm. a a pandemic uh, wrapped in fascism. Mm And a lot of other different things going on, you know, that that's, you know, you know, capitalism, you know, all of those things kind of tied together. And I think people have just been really, really just burned out, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that, um, of course, you know, with fascists, it's designed to be that way to like just hammer people constantly yep. um, so that they lose hope. But I, my hope is that Jupiter um move into Aries will help people be like nah 
<laughs> nah, son. we could see like a wave of activism again right yeah um but at the same time we could also see the extremism too um because you know aries as an energy tends to be a lot more impulsive Mm -hmm. um when it comes to mars especially when we're going to have that mars and jupiter together um we have to wait and see because that's very quick starting energy because you know it's cardinal so you know, I remember me and Mecca were talking about, oh, we're going to be seeing these strikes and this, that, and the other, which we have been seeing, but it's been very slow, right? Because mm-hmm. Uranus is in Taurus and this is this kind of slowly, everyone bit by bit, you know, is striking. But with Jupiter and Aries, with Mars, I think we're going to see a lot more action, mm. a lot more, you know, quick, 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 quick. That's so, such a good point. You know, things and Mars rolling the up. south node from Aries, too, is like a lot more mm. releasing happening quickly, too. Um mm. Venus will be in Taurus in June during most of that Mars transit. So that's something to also kind of look forward to with some ease. Um, you know, although they won't see each other, it's still, I think, nice to be able to lean on benefics when <laughs> when they're in domicile and other when other stuff's going on. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. And and we in the background, we we talked about Saturn and Uranus squaring each other. We don't get another exact square, but we get a near exact square. Um, I think it's in October when they both get they're both around 18 degrees. They just don't they're both at 18. They just don't reach an exact square by um, or exact aspect um, to the minute. It doesn't get to the minute. Um, But regardless that's that's a thing we we get this very gnarly um mars uranus north node conjunction i think it's august yeah. 1st um yeah. that was yeah. scary i was I like, mean, like no. do we have to talk about that <laughs> do we have to talk about that <laughs> i mean again maybe that will be more mass action maybe that will be when strikes really start to pick up or something mm-hmm. like that um venus will be or- sextiling it from from cancer okay, so venus so- is ruling it in cancer sextiling it so yeah, that's a little bit of help, maybe. Maybe a little bit of relief, but maybe. Yeah. But it's still Mars and it's still Uranus. Yeah. And the um, North Node. And the North Node. So it's definitely going to be something amplified. You know, I always think about how the last time Uranus was in the sign of Taurus in the 1930s, we were definitely dealing with the Great Depression and food scarcity because there were, you know, dust bowls. So people had to look for food. Now, hopefully it doesn't get that bad, but we're definitely dealing with issues around food and getting things to people and supplies and resources. So that definitely comes to mind. Could there be a cutting off of resources? Could there be something that disrupts it? Something, you know, something that disrupts the the action process of getting food and things to people maybe mm-hmm. possibly mm-hmm. or something that disrupts the land itself um the fixed signs show up quite a bit with earthquakes and because the nodes are now in scorpio and taurus those are the two main signs that show up the most when it comes to seismic activities and we've already seen that where was it tonga that they had this massive volcanic eruption and we still are not hearing that much about what's going to happen next and whether any of those people on those islands are going to, you know, survive. And Mm -hmm. it sounds terrible, but that's what happens on planet earth, right? We have eruptions and new land masses are born and old ones are taken to the bottom of the sea. That's just the process. But, you know, it's something that we don't seem to acknowledge in our modern life. Like, no, we have technology. We don't know, but it's just like, it's the earth. Like she does what she wants. Like (laughs) Exactly. Especially when we've been like fucking with her ozone layer for so long. 
Yeah. And that's definitely something to think about. I was thinking about COVID this way. It's just like the way that we treat the earth in terms of poisoning and just the way that we behave has come back around as a virus that impacts the entire human body from top to bottom. Mm -hmm. Just how we are contaminating our environment, it's come back around to show us what it feels like. Mm. You know, what's the long-term impact of being infected? You know, it doesn't go away. It sits in the body and how do you begin to function? So I definitely think it's a very reflective thing to think about, Mm. you know? Yes, yeah. Yeah, the the summer is it's weird we get a a lot of weird combinations of like lots of fire and all the and all the aries um planets we have all the aries transits and then and then we kind of get back into that fixed energy especially in leo season planets moving through leo we get mars and taurus with uranus north node saturn squaring everything uranus stationing saturn stationing like (laughs) so fixed um And that kind of takes us into, well, the end of August when Mars will enter Gemini and be there for seven months. Um, Mars is going to be in Gemini. When is this? Yeah. We don't catch a break. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> We're <not> catching a break. <laughs> um, Mars will enter Gemini late August. I think it's around August 20th and we'll be there until late March. And at that point, Saturn will even be out of Aquarius by then. Um <laughs> And so, so yeah, um, and the Mars will station retrograde um, October 30th and will be retrograde until January 12th. So we get this very extended Mars and Gemini transit. Um, I have mixed feelings about it. I mean, not, you know, Mars retrogrades aren't fun or anything, but I, I am a little hopeful of the fact that it's, you know, away from the Saturn Uranus stuff. Um for a minute, for a minute, right? For seven months, we don't have Mars interacting with Mars with Saturn and Uranus, except Mars will try and Saturn. Um, but at least no, no hard aspects. So I'm happy about the trine. Well, not happy, but I prefer the trine for sure than 2020's square, domiciled, you know, Mars Saturn square. Um, and really the the most difficult part, I think, of this Mars retrograde is that it's stationing square Neptune. Um and that's really who Mars is like interacting with most of the time in in this in this um retrograde period or the whole period that it's in um in Gemini. I do love that in October we get Venus and Libra like we'll get Venus and Libra trying Saturn and then also Saturn trying Saturn and Mars trying we get that basically grand earth trying um yeah, thoughts about Mars retrograde in Gemini. It's, I'll just say it stations retrograde at 25 degrees of Gemini, and it's going to station direct in January. Oh, at that's right degrees. on top of Neptune. God damn it. Yeah, um, right on top of Neptune. <laughs> fuck. Um, just think about me, because I'm like, that's all over my stuff. Yeah, Sam, so like, send get it, away but, from oh, me. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I feel it too um, with mm-hmm. my son. I mean, I get the Saturn Uranus square on my, my moon and ascendant. Um, it it just left my Mars not too long ago, so I'm getting a little bit of a break. But um, in terms of the transit itself, I don't know. The first thing that comes to my mind around that Mars retrograde square to Neptune is possibly um, more variants of COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's that's right that's around the time, time you, know, you know things, things get, colder, get colder, colder, we're more indoors, indoors too. too. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, so. 
that that's a little that's I think that's the thing that I'm a bit concerned about because way back in 2020 at the start of the pandemic when Janelle and I were first talking about the spread you know we saw that um COVID had a Pisces signature to on it Mm -hmm. so when Neptune I'm always like flinching (laughs) whenever (laughs) whenever whenever uh, a planet hits Neptune you know by a square Mm -hmm. or an opposition because I'm like oh fuck you know like what what is that looking like in terms of like transmission and infections and things like that um and then we all no go ahead sorry no i was just gonna say this reminds me that venus stationed here in 2020 venus stationed at like 20 Mm. i think it was like 21 gemini um square neptune Mm. in 2020 right around the beginning of of covid so it's interesting that mars is coming back to right around the same degree and and squaring neptune again yeah Mm -hmm. well i was also thinking you know gemini as a sign can some have sometimes have association with, you know, schools and sometimes young people as well. And um, as these new, I think there's like another Omicron variant that's like mm-hmm. a sub-variant that they're finding is having a lot of impact on young children and infants. And so just thinking how that might be, you know, depending on what we're doing, if we're going to have the schools might be the new epicenter of these new variants. Mm. Um and of course, there might be multiples. There might be several that come out at once because, you know, we're, in, oh, everything's back to normal, that kind of thing. And then, you know, we're birthing twin variants yeah, at one time Gemini. and it's spreading. Oof, possibly. That is, know, so. that is a good point. Yeah. And Gemini as well has association with the lungs, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, the hands. And so we could be seeing more issues around not only respiratory stuff, but also dexterity. And, and, and maybe... Right. And remember, you know, the whole thing with COVID, too, has been about how it's not just respiratory. It's been a neurological issue. Mm-hmm. Right. It's For a lot of people. Yeah. Right. Vascular mm-hmm. and neurological. So I think that that is also going to be something we're going to have to keep an eye on, um, you know, as we get go, go back into the fall. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, which would make sense for the school season, right? Mm-hmm. Back to school. And, and yeah. just Grand Earth trying. Like, it's just, mm-hmm. and maybe that also things may, may uh, maybe that also might mean things might be more diluted at that point, too, in terms of like the viral load. Cause that's kind of what's happening. Maybe not so much, but that's kind of what people are talking about. Like, as time goes on, we'll definitely keep having it, but it'll be less and less deadly. So mm-hmm. that's kind of what makes me think about like all the air. It's like, but we also have Neptune there. So, <laughs> I mean, listen, this is when we have to go back and look at history, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I remember I watched this, this really great thing on YouTube, like the history of pandemics mm-hmm. and just like, you know, some pandemics lasted like a hundred years, right? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. you just had these waves and waves. Now I'm not saying we're going to have that here, but it, it has happened in the past, you know, and again, I don't want us to think that because we are here at this point in time and our technology, yada, 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 that we got this. And it's just like, right. I don't know about that, you know. So hopefully there's not this idea, you know, Mars and Gemini might think it's a lot smarter than it is, too. Mm. Right. It's that hubris of the thought like, oh, we, you know, we were, we're three years into this. We know what we're doing, girls. Like, do we, though? Right, right. Um, <laughs> Especially with Neptune there, which might kind of throw, you know, some unexpected 
you know, um, mix into it where deception, right? Mm -hmm. oh, we thought it was one thing and now, oops, it's not that thing. Or we right. thought we were acting towards this goal and then found out we were doing the exact opposite of that. So having to be very mindful about how we behave during that time too, because it probably have some twice the boomerang effect. Mm. Oh, hate it. <laughs> Might get slapped twice. <laughs> <laughs> hate it here. Um, yeah, and then Jupiter comes back right around the same time into Pisces, um, October 27th. So Jupiter re-enters Pisces two days, three days later, Mars will station retrograde, pretty much square Jupiter as well. You know, it's, it's a, it's wide, but <laughs> so far with each ingress of Jupiter into Pisces, there's been a really foolish decision with it. Mm. Right, so the first time in May of 2021, oh, CDC, if you're vaccinated, you don't mask need to wear a mask. Off. We're like, mm -hmm. don't do that. <laughs> like, that's delusion. That's delusion. Especially and as then, astrologers who knew it was going right, to go back into like, Aquarius. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think this recent one, when it came back in December, what was the decision they made around COVID that we were just like, no. Oh yeah, they they changed the um the quarantine oh, rules, the quarantine right? They're like days. just three days now or whatever, like four five yeah. days, you're yeah. good. Um, so yeah we might have to watch that again when he comes back in right especially because mars infections <laughs> might mm -hmm. be have have a lot to say about uh that foolhardy kind of uh behavior yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. so people got really mad when i said delusion delusion <laughs> they were like no you're so judgmental about pisces like i i'm a pisces moon trust me i know what delusion is you know like i'm exactly. not trying to take mean, it from us <laughs> Take it from us, but sometimes it's just this belief and hopefulness is very Pollyanna. No, it's fine. It's mm -hmm. going to be great. And then when the evidence come back that it's not, you know, not being able to walk it back or admit to it, which is it's a big hard, problem. It's hard, yeah. I mean, that, and, I feel like that's a, a real mutable sign problem in general, right? Mm -hmm. Like when we talk about Gemini, um, Pisces, Sag, Virgo a little bit to some degree. Virgo's a little bit more grounded. <laughs> right. Vir Virgo's a little bit more grounded, but definitely like... What they say, cash and checks that you um <laughs> you cash can't cash. Yeah, you ass can't cash. <laughs> Writing checks that you ass can't cash. Stop. Stop. I'm feeling called out right now. <laughs> it's hard out here in these streets. We're still recovering, man. Like, give us yeah. a minute. I mean, that's the thing. I want to say, like, if you're exhausted, like that is totally valid. Like, we're all like that we've been living in a hellscape, you know, like, <laughs> mm -hmm. it makes sense if you're just like, I need this to be over. Like we, like, you are not alone in that. Um, mm -hmm. It's just this shitty reality, you know, part, part of the reality that we're in, that's really shitty. Um, but yeah, just to say, like, you know, we're all, we're all so sick of it. <laughs> and we're all hoping that, um, it, you know, we all want it to go away. We all want this to be the last variant and the last whatever. But um, yeah, you're right. It's the Saturnian realities kind of slapping us in the face continuously being like, not yet, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Run it back. Again, our yeah. free will is also like, are, are your actions lining up with what you say that you want? Mm -hmm. You know, because that's what Mars and Saturn are trying to do. Like, you know, we're malefic because, you know, when you do, if you work with us and you don't do right, you know, you get this really interesting result, whatever it might be. So, you know, for us, it's like, well, are you acting to get the end result or are you just acting as if the end result is already certain? Mm -hmm. That's the problem. 
you know yeah. it's over but but where 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 do you see it's over mm-hmm. i don't see that <laughs> um yeah okay so and then we we get we didn't really mention but we do get Mars eclipses taurus scorpio eclipses we did kind of talk about it a little bit um and yeah i mean i guess i just want to like kind of circle back to what we were talking about before around mundane versus natal because we've talked about a lot of stuff (laughs) that might be getting people down which is like it's fair again the time that we live in there's not a lot of like there's there's a lot of exposure around what is really difficult especially because we're living in the middle of a worldwide pandemic you know that's just like a difficult thing in and of itself and on top of that climate change on top of that economic inequality on top of that we're getting our rights taken away left and right, right from under our fucking noses. So it's mm-hmm. it, it's very natural to get anxious about this stuff. What is important to remember is, again, we're talking about global transit. We're talking about stuff that's happening on a collective scale. It does not mean that if something terrible happens on a global scale that it's going to ruin your life specifically you know or or even affect you on a day-to-day basis you know it it probably can and probably will in some degree but how that even affects you 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 know that can vary in so many different ways too so try to remember to you know do the do the saturn and create some distance <laughs> between you know um mundane transits and what's going on on this global scale and what's going on in your day-to-day life because um there's yeah you kind of have to to look at it as the micro and macro and and not not all in one all the time um yeah do, do you guys have any like kind of final closing thoughts on 2020 and maybe like some advice or some parts of 2020 that you're that you're like feel good about or excited about we're going back to 2020 i'm sorry i'm at 2022 (laughs) i was just like wait what (laughs) rewind canceled never going back there (laughs) (laughs) oh gosh do i i don't know mecca do you have anything (laughs) um i think i think the thing i guess that i've been talking to people about is like um we still have you know we still have some rough sky to get through um because there's still a lot of work to be done but that doesn't mean that there won't be you know um some breaks in the cloud you know this year and i think that you know it's important to to look for the hope where where we can um and and to try to like you know try to try to have fun where we can you know i think that we would do ourselves a grave disservice by kind of being in the space of like, you know, all is lost. Let me just pack it up and give it up. Um, I think that that's what the fascists wants us, want us to do, mm-hmm. essentially. Um, but I think that, you know, when we kind of, and this and it kind of makes me think about Scorpio, you know, like the Scorpio-Taurus axis is like, when you go through something like really tough or challenging, it really shows you what makes life worth living for. And my hope is that even with all the darkness and, and the you know despair that's going on right now, that people are really getting a sense of like what really makes life worth living for. And then that's where we can find the beauty and the hope 
and the peace and the laughter, you know, and all those good things. That was beautifully said. Yeah. We have to have to <laughs> have to remember to prioritize prioritize joy, prioritize pleasure, um, community, fun. Um, mm-hmm. that's important to never give up. So thanks for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm, I would probably say more of the same, you know, with all this Piscean Jupiter Neptune stuff. There's a lot of possibility for great art and magic, right? Uh, that romance in life. <laughs> Kira was teasing me from my Pisces moon earlier because I was like, I love the snow. <laughs> like, I think it's just so pretty. Oh, my God. But it's important. I think that's important to have that dream and that hope um, because that's what when we dream, that's what gives us vision for the future. It's the hopefulness that we can create something. And then with that dream, if you can find like-minded people to help build it, like that's the first step. But it's important to have faith and belief in the goodness of humanity too, right? And it's important to know that, you know, darkness also helps us to, sh- to see the light. You can't have one without the other. And I think hopefully we're going to become a little bit more holistic. Um, we're, we're examining a lot of, we're examining ourselves, you know, and it's not always pleasant. That's that very platonic, scorpionic thing. Like, oh, you want to be this great flower? Great. Well, manure, right? <laughs> Darkness, being underground. You have to put some roots down. You have to actually strive for these things. Mm-hmm. And if you're unwilling to work for it and put some effort into it, like, is it going to be something that you cherish when you actually have it? Right. And I think that's the thing with also Taurus and Scorpio. Like, you know, the blood, sweat, and tears of Scorpio do manifest as something beautiful in Taurus, but you have to be willing to go through that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's so. a great, that's a great point. And a great, a great note to end on, I think. Yeah. Um, let's let the people know where they can, they can find you. Mecca, do you want to, do you want to share? Sure. If you want to find me, you can find my website. It's mylifecreated.com. Um, also, listen to me and Janelle's podcast, <laughs> Stars yes. on Fire, uh, mm-hmm. which is pretty much available wherever podcasts are happening these days. <laughs> I can't keep up. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm old. But <laughs> <laughs> at least you know what SMR is. <laughs> I'm an old bitty. <laughs> In your books, you have like a million books. Yes, yes. So um, I have uh, Astrology for Happiness and Success, which is currently out, as well as the Astrology Journal. And I also have Astrology Coloring Books as well. And you can find each of those books too, like wherever books are sold. Awesome. And Janelle? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at jsoabove. Uh, you can find my website at soabove.com. Um, and yeah, I'm seeing clients and chit-chatting with people and helping to guide people through all these storms. And I'm happy to be here to help. And listen to our podcast, of course. We'll be back pretty soon. We're, we're just recovering. We are limping <laughs> back into the, the, our stables after a very long journey. With the self note and those eclipses, we really were getting just whooped. Oh, so man. that's why we've been like, I we're, know. we're not sure. Yeah, we, <laughs> we're we, trying. We need new horseshoes. We need to we be brushed. <laughs> we need water. We need oats. We need the whole shebang. Oh, my God. So we're, we're getting back there. <laughs> 
we didn't want to abandon anyone, but we were just not there energetically to do that kind of show. That is so valid. I mean, same. I Mm -hmm. I haven't. This is me starting to record again after like I don't know very many months. (laughs) I don't remember when we stopped. It was like April of last year. So I hear Mm -hmm. you, and um, yeah. Thank you so much for being here again. So great. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much for tuning in. Yeah. What a year. What a year we have ahead of us. Um, Make sure you follow Mecca and Janelle and tune into Stars on Fire. They are so great. They're awesome. Um, And I just love hearing them talk and chat about, you know, the world. <laughs> they always have, again, such such great Jupiterian wisdom to share. Um, and I'm excited to move through the next couple months with you. I'm, I'm super stoked to be back. Um, make sure you check out the 11th house if that's interest to you at all. Um, and then also check out if, if, if it's not interest to you, you might want to check out our workshop that we have coming up. Um, with Captolia, the digital witch. Um, yeah. And, and what else? Oh, see you again very soon in just a couple of days with our earth signs episode, um, that, ki- t- blah, that kicks off, <laughs> that kicks off our series on the signs. I have so much, I'm just, I just wish I could like spill it all. I want to spill I want to spill the beans on like everything that we have to come. <laughs> but I'll save it. I want to, you know, I'm trying to be mysterious Scorpio. Um <laughs> not just, you know, Mercury and Sag blab out everything out because I feel like it. But I'm stoked. I hope you're stoked. Can't wait to talk to you again soon. With that, have a good rest of your week. Bye-bye.